can you see? <laughs> That's the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Does Utah have a national anthem? <laughs> I don't know. Well, sorry. A national Does Utah anthem? have a state Utah anthem? Utah supreme. Actually, I don't. I don't know. No, it's probably that one David Archuleta song. <laughs> That was popular. Anything to you that aren't Oh, man. All right. Well, <laughs> after that, um, hello, everyone, and welcome to the forum's new podcast, From the Hill, a 13-episode podcast following the Utah legislative session over the next six weeks. We're your hosts. I'm Marina McTee, the managing editor of the forum. And I'm Cami Mondo, the editor-in-chief of the forum. With this podcast series, we're going to follow the 2020 Le- Utah Legislative Session and try to explain what all the bills mean, how they affect your life, and give a little opinion about from the college student perspective. Local politics can be a little difficult to follow, so we're here to help. The session just closed out their first week, and we're going to be going over all the major things that happened that week, including the suicide prevention bill, how people who don't pay child support may not be able to get a hunting permit, and, of course, the tax referendum, among other things. But before we get into any of that, Cami, what is a legislative session, and why do we care about this? Yeah, so the Utah legislative session is a 45-day session. It happens every year. It starts on the fourth Monday of January, and it goes on for almost seven weeks. So during this session, uh, members of the Utah House of Representatives and the Utah Senate propose bills that they want to be signed into law by the governor, uh, which can be a bit of a confusing process. So first there's this idea, and this idea can come from residents or the government representatives, and then they're going to draft this idea into a bill which outlines exactly what they want. So the drafted bill is then presented to the legislature, which is basically what happens throughout the legislative session, but like on a large scale. At this point, it's referred to the Rules Committee, which are the people responsible for expediting the process of passing a bill. They're going to determine which committee will hear the bill for public input. And so the committee can make any changes or edits to the bill, or they could just choose to kill it and not move forward at all. And just for reference, there are about 34 active committees in the Utah legislature right now, So, and they all focus on different things like higher education or social security or stuff like that. So after the committee makes any changes they think are necessary, or if they just throw the bill out altogether, the bill is returned to the floor. So here, both the houses, which is, again, the House of Representatives and the Senate, they vote on whether to pass it or not. And on the floor, during the debate, it can be amended, it can be thrown out, or it can just be passed. And once it gets passed through both the houses, it gets sent to the governor for final action. Governor Herbert can decide whether to sign it into law, he can veto it, or he can let it become a law without him signing it at all. And so the bill is effectively a law 60 days after he signs it, unless another date is specified. Why wouldn't the governor sign a bill? Um, It could be for several reasons. Maybe he doesn't agree with it, or... He doesn't think like a good enough argument was made, but it's important to note that if he doesn't sign the bill or veto it within that 10-day period, um, it will become a law automatically. Great. Well, thank you. Well, let's get into the highlights of the week. So every week we'll highlight the bills that have been passed, some of that are being proposed that we personally think are interesting, and of course, the honorable mentions, the bills that failed but were just that good. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All 
Alright, so closing out the first week of the session, let's take a look at the legislation already making its way through the process. Yeah, so first I feel like we should just address probably the biggest piece of legislation that Utahns have been looking forward to, the tax referendum. Rena, yes. <laughs> will you give us some background on this whole thing? Of course. So, during the special session in December, Governor Herber approved this new tax reform bill. Under this bill, income tax would be severely lowered, but taxes on food and gas would be increased. And, as you can imagine, people were not happy about it. No. After that bill was signed, as we explained earlier, there was a 60-day period before it became law. So, Utahns got to work! Yes! <laughs> a petition was started by Harmon's Grocery for a tax referendum that would delay the tax reform bill until November, when it could be put on the ballot for Utahns to vote on it, and obviously not pass. The petition needed just under 116,000 signatures, and it well passed that last week, just in time for the deadline. So, legislators drafted a bill, House Bill 185. Yeah, so with this new bill, it would just repeal the tax reform completely, basically undoing the whole thing. It wouldn't even appear on the ballot, and that's exactly what happened. So, with this podcast, we'll basically follow this routine. We'll explain the bill, and then we give our personal views on it, basically really nailing down what the bill means, especially to a college student. So, Kami, what do you think? I think lots of things on it. <laughs> but I think what's most interesting about this is that Harmon's Grocery Store started this whole like tax referendum petition mm -hmm. thing, which is interesting to me because, you know, it would increase the tax on food, and Harmon sells food, so <laughs> it's like they'd be benefiting from it no matter what, but it's just interesting to me that they were like, no, we're gonna really support our consumers here. And it's also, I think, cool to see the community come together to do something like this, it's yeah, like actually watching democracy happen, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, yeah. they pulled this whole special session thing and did it kind of not in the public eye, so yeah. it's interesting to see everyone like, we actually don't want that happening, mm -hmm. so, you know, yeah. just giving it completely. Yeah, I think it's so cool too, and like, also, like, I personally am all for having somewhat higher taxes if it's going towards like education and like fixing the yeah. roads and things like that, but like, it's, you can't tax things that are necessary for a person's survival. No, totally. Right? <laughs> like, ta putting that insane tax on food, like, I read, this is, don't quote me on this, even though I'm speaking <laughs> in a podcast, it was, like, somewhere close to, like, 5%, when, when it was at, like, one point something. Yeah. Like, it's insane for food. Big I know, it's like, what, I want to go buy some Doritos or something? Yeah. I don't know, why I don't want to pay that much money for... Yeah. Yeah. Like, put the taxes on, like, alcohol or, like, other, or, like, clothing or, like, things, like, well, I guess clothing technically is something you need to survive, so maybe not clothing. <laughs> like, but, scratch that. <laughs> yeah. But, no, yeah, I agree, because, like, food mm -hmm. is necessary for life, and everybody's buying food, no matter yeah. who you are, so I agree with that. Yeah. Well... But I guess we have to move on. I guess so. So next we're keeping an eye on a bill coming up with Representative Ben McAdams. So with this bill, it would basically kickstart some heavy research into the rising suicide rate in America. But it would be based on science. He calls it the Advancing Research to Prevent Suicide. And if this bill passed, it would basically partner with the National Science Foundation to fund competitive research and 
basically combining all these different disciplines to research the reasons behind suicide. Uh, McAdams is sponsoring this bill because there's been an urgent call to action for mental health professionals and schools across the country who want to find answers as to why the suicide crisis is rising. Um, McAdams is really interested in finding out the scientific understanding behind suicide and depression, mainly looking at the genetic, behavioral, social, and environmental factors that go into it. So this bill would direct different organizations to give out research grants to colleges and universities so they can really look into these factors and help. So Marina, what do you think about this? I think it's great. I think this is fantastic. Like, mm -hmm. Utah has one of the highest depression and suicide rates in the country. So mm -hmm. it's nice that, like, something's actually being done and, like, that it's being done by the government and, like, they're acknowledging that, like, this is such a huge issue, especially here in Utah when there is this really intense culture of, like, if you have, like, mental health issues, you don't talk about it yeah. at all. Like, it, they don't exist here. So mm -hmm. I think that it's really awesome. I think that's really important, too, because I think mental health is, like, so overlooked in society, mainly because mm -hmm. there's such a stigma around it. So I think it's really important that they are looking into these different factors, like, you know, the, your environment that you're growing up in, your genetics, you know? People don't really think those are factors that go into it, but they totally are. I think yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a bit of a tone shift now um, <laughs> and move on to some of the honorable mentions. Yes, my favorite part. <laughs> Oof. All right. Now, aside from the bills making some real moves in the legislature, I feel like we just have to look at some of the bills that are a little more out there, if you will. <laughs> and uh, some that just seem, well, just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like the ones you're like, really? Uh -huh. <laughs> we need something on yeah. that. Alright, so first, okay. Get this. <laughs> this bill wanted to ban teens from using tanning beds. Yeah. Uh Representative Brad Daw from Oren presented this bill pretty confidently with the data back to back him up. He said that research shows teenagers who use tanning beds increase their chances of developing skin cancer by forty to seventy percent. And right now, a teenager can go get a tan from one of these tanning places if their parent or doctor signs a note, but Brad wanted to go all the way and just ban teenagers from using it altogether. But unfortunately, it didn't really catch on, and the bill didn't pass the House vote. Some said that it, was, that it wasn't the government's job to prevent teenagers from tan tanning, which is a valid point. I honestly, <laughs> I don't know why this would need to be a law, like, mm -hmm. I, genu I agree with whoever said that's not the government's job, because it's not, <laughs> like, I don't get it, mm -hmm. I just don't get it, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I feel like you should read what you had in the note here, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm just like, okay, boomer, like, <laughs> what on earth, I just, I don't understand genuinely, like, are you going to ban yeah. people from going outside, too, because, hello, so you can get skin cancer doing a million different things. Yeah, like, I mean, I get, like, it's good intentions, you know, like, he's trying to prevent teens from getting skin yeah. cancer, like, yes, that's valid, but also, like, I don't think I know a single person in my entire life that has ever used a tanning bed. <laughs> Other than my mother, who used them in the 80s. Like, <laughs> I know. 
I'm like, I'm sure his intentions were good, and we yeah. appreciate you, Brad, but I just don't think it's an issue. Yeah. So. Alright. Would you like to that. take us into the next one? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, this one's another one that's just kind of, like, confusing as to why it would need to be passed. Um, so right now, if you don't have a license plate on the front of your car, you could be charged with the secondary offense if you got pulled over. But with this new bill by Scott Sandal, he wants to make it a primary offense, meaning you can actually get pulled over and ticketed just for not having one. And literally, I hate this so much. <laughs> I just a little personal. It is. Okay, <laughs> it is. The reason, okay. Okay, this is completely personal as to why I hate it, but I don't have a front license plate, and it's not my fault. <laughs> I, okay, let me just tell you the story. I have a silver Honda Pilot, okay? I had a front license plate and a back license plate, you know, mm -hmm. not breaking the law. But one day I came out from my apartment, and someone had, like, smashed my license plate in the front because they tried to steal it. They just tried to take it away and it came out and it was hanging literally on its last thread. Like, and so now it's just crumpled in the back of my car and I don't have one on the front of my car because someone tried to take it away from me and I don't think I should be ticketed for that. So, yeah, it's all personal, but I hate it. Yeah. The justification for this bill by the representative that proposed it, uh, Scott Sandal, um, I did hear that it was because he knew a person that, like, they were robbed or something, and there was security footage, but it only got the front of the car, and they didn't have a front license plate, and so they couldn't find who the person was. Which, I mean, yes, it's valid, but making it a primary effect? I mean, okay, yes, valid, <laughs> sure. I think if you don't have one on the front... <laughs> That's your issue. Yeah. And now it's my issue too. <laughs> but still, I just don't want to be ticketed for it. So. Uh, but also, I mean, it's Utah cops, right? Yeah. I mean, you could. Okay. Yeah. No, no one. Get nobody me gets pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> no one get me arrested for saying this on a podcast. But you can do anything. I think. Mm -hmm. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this next one, this next bill may be a good idea, but it's. Also, just one that has me scratching my head a little bit about what this connection is. Uh, but basically, the bill is called Fishing and Hunting Restrictions for Non-Payment of Child Support. And it's basically exactly what it sounds like. For those who don't pay their child support, they can be blocked from getting hunting and fishing permits. The bill sponsor, Carrie Ann Lisbony, I believe is how you say her last name, um, <laughs> says that 38% of families in Utah don't get their child support. So anyone who owes $25,000 or more in child support will be blocked from getting their permit. If passed, this bill would, go, would be an exception of the 60-day rule and would go into effect July 2021. So, yeah, the connection here is a little strange, but it also makes me think, like, are there that many people who regularly hunt who aren't paying their child support? Yeah, I honestly, like, I don't have a huge problem with this yeah. bill. It's just the connection where I'm like, why is this the demographic that, yeah, that they're targeting, going against? Yeah. You know, I just, I don't quite get it. Um, and also, no, yeah, I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, 
just pay your child support. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you have $25,000 in debt to child support, like, how long have you not paid? I know. I just, I don't know how much permits cost, but I think if you can, like, regularly manage to get those... Mm-hmm. You can pay your child support. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's just a hot take, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. Right. But yeah, so those are all of the bills that were major or that caught our attention this week. So to wrap up this episode, there are a few bills we will be keeping an eye on in the next few weeks to see how these bills will evolve, and here are a few on our minds. Yeah, so first there's this bill that would get rid of straight ticket voting, Um, Representative Craig Hall wants to get rid of it completely, which would change how Utah voters see their ballot. Basically, straight ticket voting means that members of either the Republican or the Democratic Party could just check one box on their ballot, and it would vote for every single candidate of their party. So, like, a Republican would just choose all the Republicans, and a Democrat would choose all the Democrats, and they aren't even looking at the different candidates. They're just literally choosing a straight vote for their party. Which is why it's called straight ticket voting. (laughs) Yeah, and Hall says he wants to get rid of it so that Utahns can be more informed voters. He also says that not all candidates from the same party are the same, so a straight ticket uh, so a straight ticket can be messy. It also causes voters to just start voting for candidates and they think the ballot is complete. So they end up missing all the propositions or judge voting. This kind of legislation has been tried before but hasn't passed. I think, for one, that this would be a great bill to pass because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm an unaffiliated voter. I vote for people, not parties. Yeah. And so, like, I do some pretty good research on all the candidates to see if, like, you know, they're the real deal. So I think everyone should do that, and so I think that this would be a good bill to pass. Yeah, I do too. I'm also an unaffiliated I'm an unfilled voter. Um, Yeah, I'm also an unaffiliated... Oh my god! (laughs) Unaffiliated voter. Um, But yeah, because I want to always just read up on all the candidates, and being unaffiliated sort of like forces you to do that. Um, Yeah, it like forces you to be informed, which you should be if you're voting. Also, like... In every major election, they always give you a little pamphlet that has, like, little bios on all of the candidates, so, like, read those, please. <laughs> I know, those poor candidates probably, like, agonize mm-hmm. over their bios, making sure that everything's spelled right, and they don't even read them. That hurts my heart for them. But, yeah. Well, that is it. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on our first episode from From the Hill a 13-episode series following the Utah legislative session. Yes, next episode we'll recap the latest news on the bills that have been passed. Uh, Make sure to come back for episode two, where we're also going to be touching on all the legislation coming out to combat the vaping epidemic in Utah and other things that we see fit. Oh yeah, and as always, make sure to check out more of the forum's content on our website, wcforummedia.com, and follow our social media accounts at wcforummedia.com to get the latest updates on our stories. Make sure you vote, and we'll see you next time. Bye!